Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 40-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. When it comes to success in network marketing, who better to learn from than leaders who have actually done it? Listen as Richard interviews top leaders and gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how they did it. You'll get incredible tips and duplicable actions you can do right now to build your own four-year career. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's easy-to-use tools that will help propel your network marketing business to the next level at blissbusiness.com. Hey, everybody. Richard Blissbrook here with yet another global influencer interview and today we have the extraordinary honor of having Michael Burnoff here with us. He is one of the world's best kept secrets when it comes to transformational coaching. He'd probably agree to that. <laughs> Which uh why is that? Oh, I don't know. He's maybe he's a better coach than he is a marketer, but uh, this is a guy who uh, we're going to dive into his story and we're going to dive into his technologies and he's going to blow your mind with his authenticity, his honesty, his distinctions for transformation and the work that he does with people. And he's going to, he's going to, if you've never heard of him, if you've never studied him, this is somebody that after this interview, I can promise you, you're going to be so inspired that you're going to go to his website, you're going to read his stuff, you're going to watch his videos, and you're going to add him to those people that you have in your mastermind group that you tap into for support when it's time for you to have Quantum Leap growth. Michael, welcome to Global Influencer. I, I appreciate that, Richard, and I think about that. It's never really been a major outcome to, to go be famous at what we do. is more to help people make a difference in their lives and make their world work right. So you said it right. And I, that'll be one of the outcomes is to get even better at sharing the message. Yeah. Well, I think you and I share that, right? It's uh, we're not really marketers and promoters. And so um, maybe there's a lot of people that don't know who we are, but uh, I, I was introduced to you through some common friends about, I think about 13 years ago. Yep. And uh, we talked about doing some projects together. And one of the things that's been present for me in the last 13 years is after meeting you and spending some time with you and seeing what you were doing in life, then what I noticed over the last 13 years is the people that I know that have done your work that I know and how they rave, rave, rave about your work. And I, of course, have never done it. You will. And so, and so that says something. But, you know, I want to start at the beginning, Michael. Tell people, you know, before you got into transformational work, which we're going to find out how you got into it, who were you and where were you and what were you doing in life that set you up to... Like, I, I imagine, I don't know your story that deep, but I imagine there's a big pivot somewhere in your life. What were you doing before you discovered this path? 
Well, it's interesting, Richard, to bring this up is I think about my story and I think everyone has a story deep down of of what they've what they've done. And typically a lot of people gloss over. They give the quick version of what happened. And I I feel it's a very connective story to the majority of people on Earth because I don't have that. I really wish I did. Talk about marketing. I really wish I had a story like you look at like a a Tony Robbins and he goes, oh, you know, I was broke. I had five dads. I lived in a bathtub, blah, blah, blah. Easy marketing, right? Right. I grew up without legs and then I grew up after taking this product. Easy marketing. And my heart goes out to people that have challenges. And I definitely was not, you know, Steve Jobs' kid. My dad was not Bill Gates. I didn't grow up like my dad owned Hilton Hotels. I grew up with a, a really big challenge that I think most people don't recognize they have. And it was a really good idea at first. And no matter what's going on in the world, I realized that's probably the biggest reason why people are challenged out there is I grew up in the 70s and 80s in something that in the 50s and 60s they developed, they thought was a really good idea. And I grew up in something called middle class. And I, and I say that to you and your, your listeners and viewers right now, because you're probably wondering, like, why is that a problem? Well, the biggest reason it was a challenge was, is that pretty much my entire neighborhood, everyone was doing fine. Everybody was doing okay. Nobody knew how to get the things they wanted, but you didn't really have to. So you'd have these like big dreams in your heart. Every once in a while, you go to a fancy mall, you'd see a fancy car drive by, and all of our parents like would say, I'd say, that's a nice car. My mom would say, you could have one too. You know how you get one? Work hard, be a good person, and one day you'll get one. So I was okay in life. And then somehow, when I went to college, I, I met a guy who got me started in direct sales. I got a business for myself. And what was so interesting about it was... I applied what my parents taught me about working hard and being a good person, which is really good, good ethics, good ideas, but I failed miserably. And while I was struggling and pushing and going and burning myself out, I stumbled across upon personal development. I was, it was like, I failed out of college for a couple of weeks or a couple of, about a year, right? And I had to get invited to go to junior college because they didn't want me back for a semester. And I had a teacher that literally said to me, Here's a list of books that you can take. In one of those books, it was like, there were books like um, The Rise and Fall of the Roman Empire. Now nah, seems too much. You know, The Gold Standard, too much. Alan Greenspan, too much. Then there was one called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh. And I got the book at the library at $5 in late fees. And I don't think I even re- really read it, but I understood it. And it said, basically to me, that book spoke to me and said that, Michael, you're not destined to be who it is you've been up till now. And that if you want to get good at something, you can. And that is literally a big wake up moment for me that I realized that nobody was teaching me this stuff. I knew this my entire life that you could become more. I just had no idea how to do it. So it wasn't just books. What that unlocked in me was the idea that I can become more and that whatever it is you have in your heart, you can go get, not even from a dream perspective, but my environment was literally just holding me back. And that's why I'm really big into this whole average sucks thing is that I had an average and I was literally stuck for a long time in my life. And it was that moment that started the process. So that's the the backtrack. That was like the, the pivotal start of it. It gets deeper than that. But that's where I started to realize, you know what? If I want to get better at something, if I want what those people have, I not only have to do things different, I have to learn how to do it. So what happened next? Where'd you go next? What did you do next? Where'd yep. you fail next? Okay. Uh, I got into direct sales. I, I 
did not understand anything about how to pick a company. I thought just because you have a mentor, you have a good one. I, I found a guy, great guy. And it wasn't until the company started having issues with the IRS, the FBI, the KGB, the CIA. Oh. You know what what company was that? Um, <laughs> the, the, the tax people, remember that? Oh, yes. Uh, here I am. I'm 19 years old. I'm almost a diamond with the company. And I got great leaders. The owner of the company basically told the attorney general of Kansas, I don't feel like paying my taxes. I never yeah. paid taxes in my life because I'm 19 still. And I'm making like eight, 10 grand a month selling people. I didn't know any better, right? Yeah, right. Uh, Michael, I know him. <laughs> yeah, Michael, Michael right? Yep. So yeah, he, he honestly inspired me. He yeah, he's a great guy. Took it in a direction that, um, took it in a different direction. Him and Todd, they, they were doing their thing. And, and what was it? But it was a start for me. And what was wonderful about that business having a challenge, I learned how to survive. And I learned how to like figure it out for the next 90 days. So after that, um, that is when personal development just started to kick in at the end. Right after that, I, I got into a company called, uh, do you want the whole backstory here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have it all. I, I, like we met, and this is crazy. So after the company, my, my, my mentor Maurice said, hey, we're all going to Kansas. We all met in Topeka. And about 30 of us flew in. They're like names that you would know that I'm not going to mention right now. Right. All the big hitters in that company. I don't know if Kathy Cooper went, but but she was with us back in the day. She but was, yep. We all flew out to Kansas. It was like the mob getting together in a casino. And we all got together. and We all decided what we were going to do. Half the company went over here. Half went over there. And there was this little company that did not have a lot of leadership that I looked at. I go, you know what? here's an opportunity for me to shine. And this little company selling these little insurance products called Liberty Plus, a guy with a spinoff of prepaid legal, a guy named Steve and Steve and Rick, they got together and they didn't have it all together. And I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to go there because I loved struggling because I was good at that. <laughs> How can I find the hardest way to make money? <laughs> I can struggle better than anybody. <laughs> I can struggle better than anyone. So I went over to that company and while I was there, I got really good at presenting. I got really good at sharing. And I remember getting a phone call in the middle of the night in a really dark time in my life where literally I had just taken out an auto title loan on my car. And I'm, here's the thing. Here's the funniest part, Richard. I did not have to be in a bad spot. I got an offer from Arizona Ice Tea in college to work for them for 80 grand a year 20 years ago right out of college, 80 grand a year, be a regional guy, make money, get a car. But I got bit by that entrepreneurial bug so bad that they could have paid me 800 grand a year, but it sounded like a job. So I was, I was against it. And I get a phone call one day in the middle of the night. I had just taken out an auto title loan. I was out of money. Um, I, I literally was in a tough spot. My phone was ringing and couldn't afford voicemail back then, but I had, and this isn't like a poor, poor me story. Like I'm choosing this. Right. And one of the reasons I believe I'm choosing this is because I did not have enough challenges in life. So I needed to create my own. That was the most fascinating thing. So I get, I got the voicemail on, I don't have voicemail. It's 10 o'clock at night. And it says Dana Point, California. And this guy calls me and it rings and rings. And he's like, hello, it's 2002, I think. He goes, hello, is Mr. Burnoff there? And I gave my canned response. I'm like, it depends. Because I, I thought it was a bill collector, right? right, right. And he goes, um, I'm on your website right now. And I jump out of bed and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is great. You know, he's going to buy something for me. And he's like, I'm on your website. I'm in the seminar business. And I'm like, like the, 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 the who and are? The, the what? And he goes, 
I'm on your website. I market events and I put people in rooms. If you're willing to come sell your product, I'll split the commissions with you. And I'm like, sounds great. How many people can you put in a room? And I'm used to seven. Right. 500. I said, you have got to be kidding me. That, that's, that's amazing. But I was so negative back then that I didn't believe him. Like, I'm like, okay, he probably means 100, hustler. Right, right. And then, long story short, I commit to it. I go to the event. I drive to California in the middle of the night. Do you want all this? Because this is crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then we're going to transition to your, your education. But, yeah, this I want to hear it. This is what all started. I go to California in the middle of the night. I get to the event. I'm at the hotel. And then literally there are supposed to be five to 700 people at this event. I get to a Hilton. I go to the front desk. I said, hi, I'm Michael Burnoff. I'm here for the event. They said, yes, Lewis, that's the guy's name. And everyone's waiting for you. They're on the 15th floor. Now, I've never heard of an event on a 15th floor ever. And I'm thinking I'm about to lose my kidneys. I'm like, I have no idea what's about to happen. Weird dude on the internet, right? So I get, go to the event. I get, to get there. And he goes, Michael, we got some bad news. And I said, what's the bad news? Because the bad news is um, our marketing department, yes, we have 500 people registered, but they sent out that the event is going to be in LA, not in Anaheim. So everybody's in LA, not in Anaheim. I'm like, can you get them here? He's like, not in time because it's Monday morning, LA traffic. So then what happened was I, I said to him, I, I said, all right, well, who's here? He said about seven people. And literally the only people in the room at that moment, the only people in that room was a lady that um, like was angry as heck, the guy that was about to die if we didn't feed him, and two people that did pet safety. But here's the crazy part. Nobody bought anything for me that day. But one of the guys in the back of the room came up to me and he gave me the compliment of all compliments. He goes, that was an incredible presentation. I'm like, dude, it was actually a sales pitch. I guess it wasn't that good. Um, he goes, because you didn't buy anything. That's what I said under my breath. And he goes, have you ever heard of neuro-linguistic programming? And I said, yeah, you know, that big guy on TV talks about it. He goes, yeah. Have you considered getting involved and in understanding how it works? And I was, yeah, yeah, you know, and I knew everything. And he goes, you should really take a peek. And this guy, Tom, literally opened up the doors of my life that day at, a, at an event that I didn't make any money at, didn't expect to see anything, taught me the most powerful transformational techniques in the world by introducing me truly to the power that I had like inside of me. It was absolutely incredible. And literally, that event that never made me a dollar turned into a business that's done $50, $60 million in sales. I've had an ability to impact over a million people all over the world. One conversation, one moment started that day in 2002 or three, whenever that was in Anaheim, California. Do you know where he is? Absolutely. I've thanked him a million times. Um, he's what I call a conduit. His name is Tom. And he doesn't do the stuff himself. He uses it. He teaches pet safety. But literally, this guy was like a sponsor in direct sales, opened up the door for me to literally transform my life. And he just introduced me to the psychology of people. So from that day forward, I have studied and been obsessed with human psychology, what makes people do what they do. And where did you go study, Michael? What, I, what did you dive into? Who did you hire as mentors or what programs did you go through? Yeah, I studied, um, I studied, I studied neuro-linguistic programming. I had a few people that I worked with, certain people I'd recommend, others I would never recommend. And I studied, um, I studied, for about, uh, I'd say about six months of my life, I studied everything from working with Richard Bandler, the guy that invented it, to um, reading everything I could. But here was the interesting part, Richard. This is the part people don't get. 
I've always been this. No one ever had to teach me how to sell. No one really taught me what it is that I do. They unlocked it in me. I just accepted my own reality. So I can't think of a time in my life that I wasn't a salesperson. I can't think of a time in my life I didn't know this stuff. I just literally went to a couple of classes, understood what was going on, but the world became my classroom. And the one thing one of my mentors taught me said, you're never going to learn a thing here. You're going to learn it in the real world. We're going to talk about it here, but then you've got to go out there and you've got to go do it out there in the world. So that's where I started and that's where it began. And it took six months for me to realize, wait a second, now it's time to start sharing this with people because if I didn't know this, and I could learn how to not be bothered, control my emotions, learn how to influence people, lower resistance, increase receptivity. It was a Jerry Clark event that was at, actually. I was talking to Jerry about this the other day. Jerry said a couple of things at the event once that he said, go make a decision while you're here. And I was broke and I watched him make 60 grand in a day. And I'm like, that's amazing. So I said, I'm going to be a speaker. And literally, it was that day, I told him I owe him kudos for this, that I made a decision that this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. And that was a big, big moment for me. That's what Tom actually told me to go check out Jerry. It was crazy. It was, it was all things. He said, check him out. That was the first motivational thing that I ever went to that was a good couple hours long. Well, you know, I love to trace the, uh, the lineage of yep. the, the people that we spin off of that leads to the next person, the next person. So you had the guy that called you about yep. your website and yep. wanted you to come and sell your stuff. What was his name? Lewis. Yeah. So you can always ask the question, what would have been your journey without Lewis? And I, then you, it's crazy. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I always think, well, you didn't end up on, on the same path because you're responsible for the path. But uh, the journey would have been, you know, different. It would have been different. Same thing with Michael. Same thing with Jerry. What if you hadn't gone to Jerry's event? Or what, yep. what if he hadn't have said what he said at the event? At that would moment. Yeah. So I love that story. Beautiful story, Michael. Tell us now, all right, neurolinguistic programming. What are you talking about? Got it. And, okay, most people and, don't know what that means. And, okay, use me. Yeah. So, so let's, let's make it practical. I'm yep. somebody watching this yep. and... We want to keep in mind, people are going to watch this when we launch it, yep. but people are going to be watching this five years from now, yep. 10 years from now. Yep. They're going to be watching in Scottsdale, and they're going to be watching in Sri Lanka. Yep. So I'm somebody watching this, and the opportunity we have here, Michael, is to be the Jerry Clark seminar. Yep where you say something and somebody's listening and boom, they're like, oh, everything just changed for me. Okay, well, let's create that for everybody. Yeah. So here's what I realized very quickly. I, I studied NLP for years. I'm, I'm an advocate of, I believe in it. I think it's fantastic stuff. It's the ability to use words to affect the nervous system. What I've learned over time is a lot of times look at, people look at it as like a religion, so they get obsessed with it. So here's what NLP is in the code word. I invented my own psychology called human interaction technology on purpose because I didn't want to dive into one way of doing things. Point blank, what it means is doing what works that helps you be effective in life. So let me, let me give you an example real quick. 
of um, have you ever you ever had a situation in your life where something occurred in your life that you are not happy that happened, whether it was somebody gets rejected on a phone call, you go through a troubled time, you get in a car accident, you lose a business. Has there ever been something that happened to you in your life that has challenged you and you still think about it every once in a while and when you think about it, it just kind of gets to you a little bit. Have you ever had a moment like that, Richard? Yes. Okay. Could you describe a little bit about it, anything you're comfortable talking about? Because everyone has one. And as while you're listening right now, my recommendation to everybody is to think about one of those in your life as well. And I'm not going to do a therapy session on you right now. I'm going <laughs> to very quickly show you how powerful you are as a human being. Right. All right. Well, I'm just going to pick last night. Sure. So last night. So we're, you know, we're, for those of you that are listening in the future, Michael and I are in the middle of the Corona. 19 lockdown global pandemic we're all in our homes and i have two 20 year olds in the home yep and you know we brought them in here to so they'd be safe right but i'm not used to that uh, you know i'm i'm used to i my i work from home my office is in my home and so is my wife's and there's enough noise just between the two of us and but now and we have one dog and he's pretty quiet but our daughter has a dog and you put the two dogs together and that's not two one plus one equals two that's one plus one equals ten dog noise and we have two 23 year olds and you know they just have a different way of looking at things life right like if i'm staying in someone's home and they're watching the news i would whisper in the home yep but the, the generation of today, they don't get that kind of respect and, and boundaries. And so, you know, I'm doing something and the noise factor is just crazy. Anyway, that's the, the context. And so last night, things got a little out of hand. And instead of handling it like an adult, I handled it like a three-year-old, which is basically making a mess everywhere and creating attention and and being mad about it, and which then created upset in the family. And so my wife and I had to talk about it this morning, and she let me know how disappointed she was in my behavior, right? So I can feel by listening to the story, retelling the story, I can feel right now how I felt last night, how I felt this morning. So that's one. And if I don't do something about it, Michael, I could be stewing about that five years from now, right? Yep. And you could. If someone's watching five years from now, just check in and see if you're stewing. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll double check. Uh, we'll double check that this works. So what I'm what I'm going to say is this: everything in our lives that's not currently happening at this moment, every thought, everything that's currently not happening. For instance, if you're not with your significant other right now, okay, if you're not with them at this moment in your life, everything that we're dealing with is held in the context of our communication. So one of the things that I believe is that communication is the most valuable asset that we have as human beings. It is the most underdeveloped and underutilized asset we have. We send our kids off to school 
with lunches. We send them off to school with be a good boy or girl. Sometimes we say punch if you have to. Does that make sense? Whatever it is we have to do. But we don't really teach our kids how to communicate. And I don't mean with others, communicate with ourselves. So everything that happens in your life comes down to communication. So you thinking about that right now is a series of pictures, sounds, and feelings. So it's already ended. Those 20-year-olds are out doing their thing. They're, they're online. They're doing TikTok or they're watching videos, doing flips in the backyard, hanging in the pool. They're not even thinking about this right now, possibly, but you may be. So when you get off the phone and you had a bad phone call, what most human beings do not know is you are in control of how much that experience is going to impact you. Certain things we want to accelerate and make them more enjoyable. Other things we want to dissipate. So for instance, if I ask you to think about that, Richard, and close your eyes and picture it, if it bothers you at all, I can guarantee you Richard is not in the picture. There are two 20-year-olds, and there is you're seeing it out of your own eyes, correct? Yep. You're also seeing your 20-year-olds taller than you, and you're looking up at them because you're giving them more credit than they need. You're shrinking yourself. That's what we do as human beings. You're also seeing it in full color. The second you were to make that black and white instantaneously, it puts it in the past. Our brains program everything in black and white as prehistoric in the past. Also, if you were to turn down the sound, the yelling, the screaming, the whining, if you were to turn up a TV in the background, shift it, we're in control of our memories, but most people aren't willing to go there. They're not willing to deal with that. So I will take people after $50,000, $100,000 of therapy, had abuse, problems, issues, lost money in business, and in 15 minutes, reframe an idea. Decades later, it still doesn't bother them. So this works for the someone that's suicidal. It also works for somebody that just got rejected on a cold call and everything in between. Like, you want something practical? I'll give you practical right now. How many people watching this would love to be healthier and in better shape without having to change their diet at all? Anybody want that, you think? <laughs> sure. Okay, watch this. I'm going to teach you how to talk to your food. Very simply. Now, it sounds crazy, but food is a relationship. Nutritionals are a relationship. Most people don't take their nutritionals because they have a relationship that's like, uh, you know, I got a, I don't know what you want to call it. I got like um like a one night stand with our, with our vitamins. You know, we're not real serious about them. We do them here and there, right? right? So the point is, I was in a group of doctors recently. There's a thousand medical professionals and I train a lot of these people because a lot of them are doctors, crappy communicators, right? Which makes them very bad at doctoring. So I said to them, how many of you drink shakes? Hands go up. I said, none of you should ever drink a shake again. And they're like, what do you mean I sell shakes? You should chew a shake. You should never drink a shake. Because when you chew it, it instantly sends a signal to your stomach that basically tells you what enzymes to send down to break it down. Everybody from this point forward. The reason I'm saying that is most people eat food. But the second you categorize food, this is straight NLP, HIT, Michael Burnoff science right now. This will get anyone on this, on this watching this to lose seven to 10 pounds in the next month, guaranteed if you follow this. And I'm just giving you a guarantee. Come after me if I'm wrong. If you do this, here's all you have to do. Talk to your food. Now you're going to think I'm crazy. No, I don't. Yeah, you're not. Let me have it. All right, here you go. Here's what I mean by talk to your food. If you're going to have a relationship with something, you should probably know where it's from, 
what its name is and what its intentions are with you. It's like dating your daughter. What are your intentions? And what, and what you know, where are you from? What's your name? So what I realized is when you go to eat food, one of the things you got to do is break it into three categories, nutrition, entertainment, and addiction. Let's talk about that right now. Here's nutrition, celery, broccoli, intelligent proteins, Caesar salad, entertainment, very different. Entertainment is designed to taste good. Nutrition is designed to keep you alive, energetic, act like me, be hyper as hell. That's the key. Anytime you go to a restaurant, it's called entertainment. What is, the, what is the point of a restaurant? To sell you food. They will put anything in it they can to get you to eat it. Addiction, entertainment, a little bit of popcorn at the movies. Addiction is going back for the second bag. <laughs> right? Burritos, six or seven, entertainment, definitely not nutrition. So why I'm bringing this up is, if you talk to your food and go, so what are you? Healthy water, nutrition, right? Our friend Kara owns the company. So drink the water, nutrition. I have a sip of soda that I would never drink, entertainment. Call it for what it is. It doesn't take any effort at all. The difference is you're sending a pathway to your brain, letting it pay attention to what's happening. So we're at Disney with my daughter, uh, both my kids, a couple of years ago, and we're eating entertainment for three days straight because Disney, just write down a rule, there is no nutrition unless you bring your own food. All entertainment. We're about a, a day in, two days in, and my, my little one goes, can we get a salad for dinner? I go, you okay? She goes, I think I need one. Your body will reset if you let it know what you're doing. But most people are not asking, how do you feel before and how do you feel after and what's your name? So if you have breakfast, do you have oatmeal or something? Take your supplements, nutrition. Go out to Subway or something for lunch, entertainment. And just know it in your brain. After enough days, you're going to go, man, I've had entertainment for four meals. Maybe I should have some nutrition. Your unconscious mind will auto-recorrect because one of the rules of the unconscious mind is it wants you to do well. You just keep on overriding it, telling it not to listen, and classifying things as healthy that don't belong that way. You got to be honest. When you're at Chick-fil-A and you're in the drive-thru, entertainment, right. it's not healthy. Stop calling it healthy. You are tricking your mind and overriding the natural process. Richard, I've shared that with thousands of people, and I've gotten back thousands of thank yous from yeah. people saying it works. Isn't it true, Michael, too, that uh, what maybe you would map onto that is our languaging around what is the intention of eating? Yep. Yep. So can you speak to that? I mean, we didn't. I didn't prep that, but well, like you, I, you know, funny. what my relationship. With eating, yep. I know what mine generally is. Yep. I'm hungry. Yep. I eat. What do I eat? I don't know. Like whatever seems appetizing in the moment, whatever's easy to get my hands on, whatever's yep. quickest, right? So that's a conversation. Yep. Can you speak to that? Yeah. I mean, everything comes down to relationships. I eat relationships with money, relationships with food is like, what is your relationship with food? I mean, most people don't recognize everything comes down to a relationship. And I don't mean like intimate relationship, but food is a very intimate relationship. What is your actual relationship with food? And Michael's not the diet coach. I'm the guy that can help you with any challenge that you have in your life with anything that, that help you get there. But the question is like, what does it mean to you? And when did you start that relationship? So I'll give you an example, Richard. Let me ask you this question. Uh, where did you grow up? I know where you live now. Where, where'd you grow up? California. 
Okay, so when you graduated from sixth grade, do you remember that? I do. Big deal. You graduated from sixth grade. What did your family do when you graduated from sixth grade? Nothing. Okay, you didn't do any celebration? No. What about eighth grade? No. High school? Uh, no. Well, I had a big celebration, good. but they didn't. I got it. Very good. But what most people do is they'll go out to dinner, they'll get a pizza, and they celebrate with food. I got it. So yeah. Most people, even if it's little, it doesn't have to be a big party. So a lot of people watching this will say, hey, you graduate sixth grade, the family comes over, and you celebrate with food. So <clears throat> When you finally get your body where you want it to be, the first thing we think we give ourselves is the gift of celebration. So we look at food celebratory and we look at diet, our relationship with it as a way to give back to ourselves and a way to treat ourselves rather than nutrients. So I'm not saying you shouldn't enjoy it. I'm not saying don't have pizza. I'm not saying don't have cake. But how much does it really matter to you? Like, what does it really matter? Like, I, I've been a vegetarian for 17 years, right? And people, how do you do that? I mean, I'm 6'6", 240. I am not small. Play hockey three days a week. The only thing that stopped me is the coronavirus. Not having it, they closed the rink. Right. So I bought a synthetic rink for the backyard because I'm still going to play. Okay? I got a ton of energy and I got a ton of, um, a ton of uh, things that people have rules about it. It's like, but what about your protein? What about this? My, my question for you is, as you're watching this right now, is how important really is it to you and how much emphasis are you really putting on it? And does it matter that much? So that's if that answers your question, I don't know. Like, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, if that answers. So, that's my. We're doing the random ADD version. <laughs> so, uh, all right. What do you? How do you uh, translate this, Michael? How do you deliver this? What What is Michael Burnoff LLC? Yep. Like. If I go to your website, which I went, it's very impressive, by the way. What are your, like, how do you deliver this technology to companies, clients, entrepreneurs? Yep. What are your products? How do you, what's your delivery system? We've got a lot of things we do. I mean, number one is we're very selective who we work with. Um, and what I mean by that is um, I work with people that have accepted that they're not where they want to be. doesn't mean they have to beat themselves up. But what that does is it gives people room to, A, I got something to work on, and B, I got something I want. So it's very, very important. We've got a book called Average Sucks that launches May 12th. So by the time people watch that, they can check that out at averagesucks.com. Um, I'm the only one with a copy right now, nice. but I like uh, it. I'm going to get you one out, Richard. Make sure I have your Thank address. You. I'll, I'll have this sent to you. Yeah, uh, sucks.com is really about people that are willing to get past their average in life. So we, I started in direct sales. Our, we believe in the modality that auditory is the fastest way to change. The fastest way to change your life is to change your language. Fastest way to change your language, to change the auditory means inside of your brain. So we have been doing teleseminars even more than Zoom for almost 20 years. For 17 years, our company has been literally marketing predominantly at the beginning stages of that. So we've got a program called Call to Action. All you've got to do is go to theactioncall.com. And I got something super special for anybody that's watching this. Go to theactioncall.com. And it's five days. It's a couple hours a day for five days working with me, kicking your butt, holding your hand, part digital, part live. And I'm obsessed with helping people. So if you're not where you want to be, we help you get there. And it's 
really getting you to understand what makes you do what you do. And if you understand that journey up the ladder, I want to help other people. I got a big mission. It's massive in this world. It's bigger. It's massive. It's bigger than Facebook, my mission. Right. And it's, it's important, but it all starts with building a community of people that want to make a difference in the world. So if I go to call to action.com, of course, it's the action you know, call.com. It's the action, the action call.com. Uh, and somebody could be going there three or four years from now after we actually recorded this. So uh, the action call.com generally, what does that five day investment consist of? You work with me for five days working on five very specific things. Number one is what makes you do what you do. And I don't mean like, why am I insecure? Why am I that? Like literally understanding the psychology of what makes you do what you do. We help increase your wantingness, meaning that wanting to get stuff. A lot of people are very weak wantingness, meaning like you want things, but your wantingness is weak. We enhance your wantingness. So you become obsessed with getting things like a five-year-old at a grocery store that wants cereal. You become obsessed like Christmas morning about getting things. So not just dreaming about it, doing what it takes to get it. So we teach you how to stimulate the part of your brain to understand psychological triggers that you cannot play small anymore by the time you're done with the course. So uh, if you went to Google and checked out my Google reviews, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of five-star reviews for that program that go on and on that I never asked for. Wow. And what's it cost? Um, a few hundred bucks. A few hundred bucks. I'm asking that because somebody might think, well, it's $5,000. It's, 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 listen, I'm not, I'm not a cheap date. Like right down there in my building, we own an institute. I got 3,000 square feet down there that people hire me all the time for 25 grand for four hours of my time. For a few hundred bucks, you get a chance to work with me. And sometimes yeah, okay. I even offer better promos on that page. A few hundred bucks. Beautiful. Wow. That's awesome. So you got a big vision, Michael, to wrap this up. What is it? Real simple. Richard, how long have you been in uh, around personal development? 44 years. Remember uh, the strangest secret in the world? Uh, there was a time I, I had it memorized word for word. Remember when he said 3% of the world has the life they want? Yep. That was 60 years ago that he recorded that, or 70 years ago, whatever that was. In 2020, we have Google and access to everything in the world, and I believe less than 2% of the people have the life they want, the relationships they want, they, they have the bodies they want, the business they want, the way they want it. My desire is very, very simple. I want to, by the time I die, my tombstone's already been picked out. It's just all used up, nothing left. I've already picked it out, right? But by the time I die, I want to make certain that one extra percent, that it's 4% of the people in this world have the life they want, meaning that if I could take small groups of people, 300, 500, 1,000 people at our events, show them the little things they can do and get 75 to 80% of them to do it and take it back to their communities, I truly believe in a 5 to 10 to 15-year period, we could change the average of what's going on in the world and we can make it from 3% to 4 and literally 4% of the world is living the life they want. And if I did that, I did my work, God's work, life's work, that will I know that I did what I was supposed to do while I was here on the planet. So that's my purpose. 1% of the world more. Even if I only hit North America, I'll be thrilled. Yeah, and it's people like you, Michael, that in the, in the history of this country have created the 3%, you know, people um like napoleon hill and uh dale carnegie and um earl nightingale um so you you're uh you're gonna be one of those people and you're gonna claim your one percent 
Yes. That's your life's mission. And people can find you at michaelburnoff.com and they can get involved in the five-day program. And what's that website again? Theactioncall.com. Theactioncall.com. The Go to the website, check it out. And just remember, you are capable of so much more. If you saw you the way I saw you, you'd be doing different things today. I can guarantee you that. And I want to show you what I see in you, not get you to settle what you see in you. I want to show you what you really see in your heart. Beautiful. Michael, thank you for joining us on Global Influencer. This is going to impact people for a long time. Let's do it, my man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. If you are inspired and are ready to create your own success story, then it is time to take advantage of some of the top network marketing tools available. Pick up the top recruiting tool that has prospects saying, yes, the four-year career and the four-year career for women. Get your mindset right. Without a clear vision, success is lost. Check out the best-selling book on vision, Mach 2 with your hair on fire. Learn to think like a successful person with this step-by-step guide on how to break through your self-imposed limitations. Mach 2 Vision Training is a 90-minute four-part video training where you get Richard to walk you through crafting your vision. It's a must for anyone looking to step outside the box and hit the ground running. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles. This success story is not typical. It is meant to inspire you and show you what's possible. It is not what you should expect to accomplish. Your income will depend entirely on you, your commitment, your work ethic, your leadership, and your ability to acquire customers and inspire sales leaders to join your team. Most people who start off intending to build a sales team do not maintain their motivation to continue. 